familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. Wraps, carriers, slings. Oh my, how does a new family decide which ones to use and which ones are best for breastfeeding? I'm Paige Playhall, experienced baby wearer and owner of Beachy Bundles, a baby wearing consultation and custom carrier design business in San Diego, California. This is The Boob Group, episode 14. Breast milk, it does a baby good. Silly daddy, boobs are for babies. I make milk. What's your superpower? If my breastfeeding offends you, put a blanket over your head. Dairy diva. Don't be lactose intolerant. Nursing nature's own breast enhancement. Meals on heels. Whoever said there's no use crying over spilled milk never had to pump. Breast milk. All udders are inferior. Whatever your point of view, we're here to support your breastfeeding goals. We're the boob group because mothers know breast. Welcome to The Boob Group, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. I'm your host, Robin Kaplan. I'm also a certified lactation consultant and owner of the San Diego Breastfeeding Center. At The Boob Group, we're your online support group for all things related to breastfeeding. Have you checked out our fabulous articles on our blog yet? We have several moms who have offered to blog about their breastfeeding experiences for The Boob Group, and I am completely blown away by their stories. If you are interested in sharing your breastfeeding stories, feel free to contact me through the link on the Boob Group website, and that's at www.theboobgroup.com. Today, I'm joined by three lovely panelists. Would you like to introduce yourselves, ladies? I am Jessica Hilt. I'm 36. I'm a technical outreach coordinator and a fiction writer. I have one daughter, Eleanor, who is just one years old. I'm Christina Williams. I'm 33 years old. I'm in medical education, and I have one daughter, Paige, who is six months. And I'm Susan Carrasco. I'm 36 years old. I am a pediatric occupational therapist, and I have one daughter, Amelia. She's three months old. Welcome to the show, ladies. <coughs> Sounds familiar. If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. Before we start our interview, here's a question from one of our listeners. Hi, 
Hi, this is Samantha calling from Rhode Island, and I have a question for the boob group. Hi, Robin. My question involves my two-month-old newborn. I did a really good job when my son was first born of pumping in addition to feeding him directly just to store up extra milk so I could freeze it and always have it on hand just in case I wasn't around if my son needed to eat. Well, we just had some friends come into town and... I didn't realize this at the time, but apparently all of my extra breast milk was used um, while we were in town. And I went to look in the freezer, and I have one bag left. And I'm kind of freaking out about this because right now I'm really just producing enough for my son. I haven't pumped at least in probably a month or so. So the question to you is, is there a quick and easy way to increase your milk supply in this type of situation if I want to just basically replenish the extra milk that I had in my freezer. I've heard about herbal pills that you can get, things that are all natural um, to increase your milk supply. I also know that frequent pumping does increase your milk supply. I just don't know how quickly all this takes effect. And like I said, I'd really like to stock up my supply as quickly as possible. So if you have any ideas, I would love to hear them. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Hi, Samantha. This is Robin Kaplan from the Boob Group, and um, thank you so much for your question. Um, I definitely get this question a lot uh, from different moms that I work with. And, you know, to be honest, it's a little bit hard to have a quick and easy fix for increasing a supply. Now, granted, you are already working with what seems like a really good supply if you were able to put some milk in the freezer and actually have quite a stash. Um, so, you know, you're good. You're really good. You have a really good launching point, essentially. Um, so, but how quickly you would be able to create that um, that storage in your freezer really all depends on how much how much effort you want to put into it. And so, you know, definitely you can try herbs. Um, the most common herbs that women will use to increase breast milk and their supply would be fenugreek, um, blessed thistle. Shatavari root um, and mullingay. Um, the thing with herbs is you always want to check and just make sure that they're not going to react with any other medications that you're taking um, or if it's unsafe uh, based on a medical condition you have. So for example, fenugreek is not recommended for moms who are diabetic. Um, and so because it messes with the insulin. And so that because I don't know your medical history, I can't, you know, let you, you know, I can't obviously advise you on taking that one in particular, but it would be something that you could look into yourself. Another one is definitely some extra pumping like you had mentioned. And um, I often recommend moms to just pick one time during the day. Um, often, I, I usually recommend in the morning, to be honest, because I find that most moms are most full in the morning. And so after your baby has fed from that first morning feed around, you know, 7, 8, or 9 o'clock in the morning, um, and your baby's nice and calm, just pump right afterwards. And if you do that every day, um, what it's doing is essentially hitting your restart button on your breast. And so it's draining them completely and will help them to start increasing over time as well as um, you'll start getting a little bit of surplus again back in your freezer. Um, you can always add in more pumping. Um, I just, you know, I don't like to recommend too much pumping for moms because I know that it often adds a lot of stress. And so unless there's a real medical reason that you need to really increase your pumping, um, really once a day, um, you know, or even twice a day, maybe right before you go to bed as well, um, would be really helpful. 
Um, a few other ways to increase milk supply would be seeing an acupuncturist, um, especially one who is well-versed in women's health. Um, I have a lot of moms who will see their supply increase right after seeing an acupuncturist, so that might really help kickstart your supply as well. Um, another one would be just increasing your water, um, as well as making sure you're eating warm, nourishing foods, um, and even adding something into your water like a green superfood. So something that's like powdered spirulina and um, things highly with a lot of chlorophyll. Essentially, that can really help um, increase your supply. And then um, I just found this company online that actually sells lactation cookies. And, you know, I've never tried them myself, but shoot, I mean, oatmeal and chocolate chip or raisin. And it also, they most, they did tend to have fenugreek in them. So again, if that's something that your body does not process well, you don't want to take these. But if you seem to be a good candidate for fenugreek, um, why not try the lactation cookies? You can buy them online. They send them to you. You can buy as many as you want. Um, and they have them where you can actually order like a month's worth of them and then just keep them in your freezer and defrost them whenever you want. So um, I say, why not? I mean, you're, you're breastfeeding. You need those extra calories anyway. And um, why not get them through whole grains and oats and chocolate, which is a nice, um, enjoyable thing to eat anyway. So um, definitely check those out online too. So I hope that helps, Samantha. And again, thank you so much for your question and calling the Boob Group Hotline. Today on the Boob Group, we're discussing baby wearing and breastfeeding, two of my favorite topics. Our expert, Paige Plehal, is an experienced baby wearer and owner of Beachy Bundles, a baby wearing consultation and custom carrier design business in San Diego, California. Thanks for joining us, Paige, and welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> so Paige, tell us, how old are your kiddos and how did you get into baby wearing? I have a four-year-old daughter, Maddie, and a two-year-old son, Colin. I actually knew I wanted to baby wear from the time I was pregnant. Um, I first received a pouch sling at my baby shower for my daughter and really loved it the first few months. And I got further into baby wearing as we grew and the um, inability to adjust the pouch sling became a problem in comfort level. So. All right. So tell us, there are so many different types of carriers, wraps and slings. And how how do we choose which ones are best for us and our babies? There really are so many wonderful options now. Um, the first things that I always want to mention when talking about choosing a baby carrier is choosing one that allows you to carry your baby safely. Um, upright, chin off of their chest, kissable and visible are the things that we always want to mention when talking about safe baby wearing. And you want to be able to keep them in those great positions when nursing them in a carrier as well. Uh, there is Many that are really popular, very well known. The Moby is a stretchy wrap that can be used from newborn to uh, generally about 15 to 20 pounds. There's also a woven wrap, which is similar in style to the Moby, but is a little bit more supportive due to the weave of the fabric and its uh, diagonal stretch versus knit stretch. Mayties are another wonderful type of carrier. Some common brands are Cozy, Baby Hawk is a local San Diego company. These are a square fabric modeled after a traditional Asian carrier with four straps coming off and they can be tied on. They're very versatile, able to be adjusted for all different wearers and uh, wonderful from birth on also. Then you have soft structured carriers, which are similar to the Meitai in that it's a square fabric with four straps, but this buckles on instead of tying. Also very versatile. There's different sizes. Many brands are popular. Ergo is the most commonly known, Tula, is a wonderful company owned by a San Diego mom, one of my new favorites. Mm -hmm. Also, um, 
some other versions of those are the Becco. Um, Baby Hawk makes an O-Snap. Just lots of different options in that regard. Okay. And then lastly, we, you have a ring sling, which is just a piece of fabric with two rings on it and worn. Very cool. Um, and so would you say that different carriers are better for a different age of baby? Are there ones that can be used from birth till whenever? Okay, so with different techniques, all of these carriers that I mentioned before are able to be used from birth to until you can't carry them anymore. There's definitely carrier types that are more ideal for specific ages. For example, a soft structure carrier like the Ergo or Tula that I mentioned can be used with a newborn using either one of their specially designed infant inserts or a technique that involves rolling up a receiving blanket. Um, My favorite carrier for brand new babies was a woven wrapper ring sling because some babies do like to be carried legs out from birth and it's a little bit harder to adjust in a standard size Maytai or some of these soft structured carriers. And I mean, the cool thing that I found, I remember my kids, I wore them you know, from the time that they were born as well. And we had stopped wearing them after they, you know, got too heavy to carry, essentially. And then we were at a concert um, about, I guess, about a year and a half ago. And my son was five and my other son was four. And we were going to be at this concert all day. And we wanted to be at the concert all day because Pearl Jam was finishing up at the end. And my kids love Pearl Jam, which, I, God, I love those kids. Um, But essentially... But he didn't go on until 8 o'clock at night. And so I, we knew they were going to be exhausted. And my sister-in-law is a huge baby wearer and has probably 50 different types of um, carriers and wraps and everything like that. And so she brought them along with us. And so we put our boys on the back um, in, I guess, similar to like a Maytai. Um, and we had them on our back for about an hour and a half. And these are 40-pound you know, boys who were awake and they had their heads leaned to the side so they could watch Eddie Vedder rock out. And um, and I was just like, I can't believe I can still use this. Like, that is just fantastic. And so um, that just made me even more passionate about about, you know, recommending baby wearing to moms because, I mean, just the length that you can use them was just so wonderful. They really are wonderful. I wore my six-year-old sister a few years ago at the zoo in a woven wrap when she got too tired. She was yeah. in town visiting and couldn't walk anymore. Yeah, and it's so great because you don't have to run to the front of the zoo and actually get one of the strollers and things like that if you're down at the polar bears. If anyone knows the San Diego Zoo, it is enormous. And the last thing you want to do is have to figure out how to carry your six, you know, your six-year-old back up from the polar bears. So, um, well, ladies, what what wraps and carriers and baby wearing products have you used um, with your babies? How about you, Jessica? Well, um, I first got into baby wearing because my lactation consultant actually recommended it. Um, my daughter was tongue tied and needed to have it clipped, and we actually had to finger feed her. Um, she wasn't latching properly, so I really couldn't breastfeed for long periods of time. And I was feeling so emotionally detached from her um, and really just had a very hard time feeling bonded to her that she recommended that I start doing baby wearing. Um, and I had a Moby given to me um, from a friend of mine, and so I put her in the Moby, and it was just just astonishing how much more connected I felt with her just from wearing her. However, after two weeks in the Moby, I really was having a a hard time getting her hoisted the right way. And I'm really bad at origami. And that's just like baby origami. Um, So uh, uh, she was too little for an ergo without the infant insert. So we we did use the Bjorn for a little while, but we quickly transitioned to the ergo. And now we use an ergo all the time. And she's one and she doesn't she hardly is in the stroller because she loves it so much. She, we go everywhere. Yeah. How about you, Christina? Um, I started baby wearing right when she was born. 
Uh, she was very colicky, and she really needed a lot of constant contact. And I was fine with that. It was great to have her on me all the time. Um, so I wore her um, in a Moby also when she was just uh, newborn, um, and then I graduated to a soft-structured carrier uh, with the receiving blanket uh, trip trick that uh, Paige spoke about. Susan, I know that um, that you've had a little bit of a challenge with Amelia trying to figure out, um, you know, which type of carrier she would approve of the most and be most True. comfortable in. Um, <laughs> that little stinker. I know. So, um, <laughs> what it, what is your experience? Yeah, been with this? Um, I always blame it. You know, mommy always blames it on herself. But I didn't start my baby wearing until later on in the game. I had had, um, as you know, Robin, many breastfeeding issues and just was really sensitive in that chest area. And it was all I could do to continue my breastfeeding because I couldn't handle the touch. Um, so unfortunately, I started later in the game. And my little girl just isn't the most snuggly. She wants to be facing outward and seeing what's going on. So I have, and this was a question I you know, might have for Paige, like I have a lot of the facing inward, structured carriers, soft carriers. She just fusses and fusses. And so I've been trying them literally every day, a few minutes at a time, um, to hope that she'll just one day say, I love it, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but not so much. So I tried for the very first time, in fact, on Wednesday, the outward facing carrier, it just in my home and she was in hog heaven. Um, so, you know, I don't know if that's just the way we're going to have to go or if there's any other advice. Yeah, question yeah, what, for facing inward because yeah. I love them. They're more. They're, it was more comfy for me to have her in the facing inward carriers, but right because she's like up it. against your center of gravity and it's a little bit easier yeah. for you to move around. She's how old again? Um, about four months, almost. Four That's months. really typical of that age. They're really becoming more of aware of the world around them, and there's so much that they want to see and be involved in. Um, one of the things that I recommend in at that age is to maybe try a high back carry for the first time. It could be really uh, daunting and a little bit scary, but do it with a spotter. Find uh, find maybe a video on YouTube. I've got a couple up there. There's also lots of other wonderful educators who've created some tutorials. Um, and put you know put the computer on in front of you. Get down on the floor over the couch and have your husband a spotter behind you, and maybe even use a mirror to make sure that you're doing it correctly. And that can be a great Um, a great alternative to facing out. There's also some carriers that are made to support baby's hips a little bit better than than some, so that when they are facing out, they're still a little bit more seated and their legs are still in a nice spread squat position. You could look for some of those. The Becco Gemini is one that comes to mind. Um, Or also there's alternative carries that you can do in a ring sling um, where they're almost facing out, but their legs are still inside and they're up against you and they still have somewhere to turn get away from overstimulation when they have seen what they want to see and they're mm-hmm. able to connect with you in that way. Yeah, Paige, I remember um, you had come to a, a support group to talk about um, all the different products that were out there and you had a baby with you and I think he was about six months old and you had put him in that, how do you describe that? The high back carry, is that essentially just because he's higher up on your back rather than lower on your back? Right, definitely. So they can look out over your shoulders, but then they have a safe place to escape and tuck in when they're... Yeah, and I just remember he was up, he was alert, he was checking everything out, and then he needed to go to sleep, and he just rested his head on your shoulder, and you pulled, I think, something over the top of his head, essentially, to hold it in there. Yeah, I was was using a woven wrap, and I just pulled what's called a pass over his head. And he just, he slept for like another half an hour there, and it was just super cozy, so... Um, yeah, I I'm just wondering with the high back carrier is that something that only can be done with like a woven or like I have an ergo and I know when I put her 
I don't usually put her on my back, but we have um, in the ergo. And it's kind of like she's just looking into the back. Right. (laughs) No, it actually can be done with a soft-structured carrier. What you would do is um, clip the carrier together a little bit higher, right underneath your chest maybe, um, and tighten it. And then you'll also definitely want to tighten the straps up a little bit more. So that's a little bit trickier to do depending on baby size, but it can be done. Okay, fantastic. Well, when we come back, we'll be discussing tips for mastering breastfeeding while baby wearing, as well as resources for finding your favorite baby carrier. Well, carrier. I'll say that again. When we come back, we'll discuss tips for mastering breastfeeding while baby wearing, as well as resources for finding your favorite... What is wrong with me? Your favorite baby? <laughs> My favorite baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, well, when we come back, we'll discuss tips for mastering breastfeeding while baby wearing, as well as resources for finding your favorite baby carrier. We'll be right back. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah Baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality. For your most precious gift, Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. So welcome back to the show. We have Paige Plehall here talking about baby wearing, and now we're going to enter into breastfeeding while baby wearing. So I've had several mom friends who've truly mastered how to breastfeed while they're wearing their babies. And unfortunately, I was not so successful and it was fine. I mean, I, I carried my babies everywhere, but we usually had to kind of make a pit stop and I would sit down on a on a bench or something if we were out and, and breastfeed. Um, so first, kind of throw out to our panelists, ladies, have you attempted this at all? And um, was it difficult to learn? And how'd you, how'd you, how'd you make it happen if you did? Um, I, I breastfed in the ergo, um, and it was difficult to learn, and it's it's a lot of boob to be thrown around. Yeah. Um, I'm a very well-endowed woman, and, <laughs> and sometimes you're just like, wow, I'm really going to try to do this while the kid's in the carrier, but it worked. Um, I actually found that my mommy friends that had uh, smaller breasts actually did it a lot easier than I did, um, but um, I do remember being in – there's a restaurant very close to the um, – the breastfeeding support group that Robin runs that we would go to that had like an outdoor park and we would all stand around and our babies would be breastfeeding in the ergos and we'd be chatting and, and, you know, eating and and having a good time. And I remember the owner of the restaurant coming by and having a whole conversation with me. And all I kept thinking is if he looks down, he will see that I'm breastfeeding my child. (laughs) And he didn't. So that's good. (laughs) He may have, but you know, they're, they're a very breastfeeding friendly establishment as well. So, I mean, who doesn't love a a restaurant and a bar that has a playground in it? It's like they're brilliant, (laughs) but no, that's so cool. How about you, Christina? I've tried. I haven't tried very hard. Um, my daughter is super distracted, and so when I've tried, she's like, what, what, what? And uh, I haven't really gotten her to focus enough to be able to do it in the carrier. Yeah. Um, and Susan, I wonder if would I wonder if Amelia would be interested in doing it, and maybe that would keep her facing forward if you, had a, if you had a naked breast in there. Maybe I should try it. <laughs> I honestly haven't tried um, because of some of our breastfeeding issues. She latches on and off umpteen times during a session so I never thought it would be ideal but I think I might go home and try (laughs) (laughs) try it practice at home that's for sure um Paige do you have advice for you know how moms can learn how to breastfeed while they're baby wearing it definitely takes practice as you mentioned just like breastfeeding um you have to kind of create the initial 
teaching your baby how how to do it. Um, you have to work really hard at it, and and sometimes you have some challenges. Like baby might be a little bit distracted and popping off, but I find that the carriers are actually really helpful, and that they enclose baby a little bit more so that they're focused and all they can see is milk and you know they're nursing. Um, so. Some of the things that I like to recommend when someone's just beginning to try nursing in a carrier is to watch for baby's cues that they're just about to be hungry, you know, see some of the lip smacking, and that might be a good time to go ahead and put the carrier on, put them in, and offer the breast before they get screaming hungry and see what they'll do. I also suggest setting down on a couch or in your rocking chair, wherever you typically nurse them at home or a comfortable place for them, and maybe even just putting the carrier in with you or wrapping them around a little bit so that they can get used to the texture, the feel of it. And then when you are finally ready to go ahead and try nursing them for a full session, do it when you're maybe going to go on a walk so that you aren't necessarily needing to be hands-free completely. And you can go ahead and support, help them hold that latch perfectly while they get used to it for a few sessions. And Oh, those are great tips. And we have a lot of moms who will come to the support group and actually practice there as well. Um, and at first I was like, gosh, why Why are they sitting there with their baby in a baby care? We're sitting on beanbag chairs. Like, you should be relaxed. And I realized, oh, this is a perfect place to try it out because if you flash a boob or if your baby doesn't like it, then, you know, at least you're in a safe space where the other women will be like, why don't you try this? Or also just like, all right, we'll just take them out and feed them then. Well, and I would, I would say that I, what always amazed me is I, I never thought that I would want to breastfeed in the baby carrier. Like, well, I'm not, I'm not so busy that I have to breastfeed on the go. But if you go to the airport, it's brilliant. You know, you have to catch a plane. That's just not, there's not a nice place to sit down. Sometimes you're in a situation where you're not, you don't want to let the kid near wherever you're sitting. It's gross or it's, you know, sticky or whatever. And having them in the carrier, it, it's just so much easier. Um, Paige, would you say that there's a particular style of baby carrier that is more conducive to breastfeeding in or do you find that pretty much all of them can kind of work for that? Well, any of these carriers that I mentioned that are um, ergonomically correct, designed with a baby, and keeping them in that nice spread squat position and close to mom's center of gravity or the wear center of gravity are really wonderful for nursing in. I always found it easiest to nurse in a woven wrap or a ring sling because those, um, for me, created a little bit more of a barrier between baby and the outside world. They were enveloped, and it was just like a really nice, cozy space for them. Um it can definitely be done in an ergo, a soft structured carrier, a Maytai. Any of these are really wonderful and fairly easy to nurse into with some practice. But I do want to mention, as I was, as I talked about safe baby wearing, you also want to make sure that you're nursing safely in a carrier as well. So if you do turn baby into a cradle position to nurse them, make sure that as soon as they're done, you pop them back upright and they're still in a good spread squat position still. Uh, chin off their chest and able to be kissed and visible. And then um, it's always a good idea to wait and try this until baby is just a little bit more used to nursing. You don't necessarily want to throw a three or four day old. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, Paige, what are your favorite resources for learning about baby wearing and all of these different types of baby wearing products? Hands down, uh, the most complete resource online is thebabywear.com. It's an incredible community of women that has been nurtured for over 10 years. There's an, an amazing history of forums, chats, tutorials, articles written by a lot of really wonderful baby wearers 
moms and dads. Uh, it's it's just it's really amazing. Um, additionally, local baby wearing groups, San Diego Baby Wears, is a wonderful resource. It's huge and very active. Great for moms down here in Southern California. Natural baby stores are a great resource. Baby wearing blogs, and then there's also some wonderful Facebook baby wearing groups that are. Yes, San Diego has a fantastic baby wearing group um, on Facebook. Where and I've noticed that many of the comments are not even about baby wearing now. They're just you know breastfeeding different types of parenting and baby products and stuff like that, which are just, it's a wonderful community that's been created. Right. There's over 600 members. Wow. And I wonder how many of them are actually from San Diego because, you know, because it's on Facebook, you can get that resource. Even not living here, you may not be able to see these women face to face, but you can still access all of their wonderful advice. Right. Yeah. We definitely have members who are friends of San Diego moms who've been added because it's such a great resource. Wonderful. And do you have any recommendation for ways that parents can try out these baby carriers um, before they spend a ton of money? Well, I definitely recommend um, trying to find a local group. Generally, they have a library that you can try on. In San Diego, we're really lucky to have an amazing, extensive lending library. How many carriers are in there? I think they're doing an inventory right now, but between the Central and North County libraries, I would guess there's probably at least 70. Wow. Huge. So that anyone can borrow. You um, you pay a membership fee and then you leave a deposit with the carriers. But yeah, anyone's welcome to join and welcome to borrow. So other great resources to try them on are to go into a local brick and mortar store, go into a natural baby store that sells the products. They're usually happy to let you try out a tester. There's a few different shops that have rental programs online. Oh, no kidding. Which is really neat. Yeah, again, you pay a deposit, they send you the carrier, you get to try it out for a week, two weeks, send it back, and then they'll generally give you a a gift certificate or a discount to their store when you return the carrier in great condition. Okay, fantastic. Um, Ladies, do you have any recommendations where you found your carriers, how you figured out which one you wanted to use, or just anything you love about baby wearing you want to share? I think the I, I, the best resource for me was other people. Um, you know, you have lots of friends who who either do baby carrying or did at one time. And, you know, if their kids are grown, then they might still have a baby carrier around that'll let you borrow one. Um, that's how I got my Moby. Um, it was, you know, it was gifted to me. Um, and then um, uh, my friend was really inter- in, into her ergo, and that made me buy an ergo. Um, yeah, that's that's where I got mine. The breastfeeding support group. Um, (laughs) A lot of us had different carriers and we just passed them around and lent them to each other for a period of time. And that worked really great. And I actually did go to one of the um, San Diego breastfeeding um, groups or excuse me, um, baby wearing groups. And um, I plan to go in the future as well because of the library. They are doing inventory now. So I wasn't able to, to check anything out. But and it's a great resource because there were women there that are just, they know all about baby wearing. And so I told them my situation. They saw my daughter and they're like, okay, you need to try this and this. And so I plan to continue to try to go to that and find one that works for us. <laughs> Fantastic. Any last thoughts, Paige? Um, I do want to mention that these carriers are really wonderful because generally the ergonomically correct carriers hold their resale value really well. Like you mentioned friends like to hand them around. There's some wonderful for sale or trade boards on the baby wear. Uh, PaxBaby.com is a local Southern California business that offers a used carrier. Carrier sale of classifieds. WovenWraps.com is another Southern California website that offers a carrier classifieds. And then within San Diego, of course, our community is always 
buying, selling, and trading. Yeah, so. absolutely. Oh, and will you tell us a little bit about, you You create them as well. You design them. So will you right. tell us a little bit about that of your business? Sure, yeah. Um, one of the one of the carrier types that I mentioned, a Meitai, um, it's been very popular to create those out of a woven wrap because you're combining two really wonderful different carriers and, and getting one of some of the amazing properties of a woven wrap, which has diagonal stretch. They're very cushy. It's just a wonderful fabric made specifically for carrying a baby, and you're combining it with the ease and the quick use of a Meitai. And so I, I specialize in woven wrap conversion Meitais. Nice. And how can someone buy one from you? Oh, I have a Facebook page, beachybundles.com. Um, I'm actually also working on launching a website in the next couple of weeks. All right. Fantastic. Well, you'll have to keep us posted so we can share your information when it's up. Absolutely. All right. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, ladies, for your insight into the world of breastfeeding, baby wearing, and the tons of fabulous ways you can discreetly breastfeed your baby while wearing them. Thank you for joining us. Before we wrap up our show today, here's Lara Ardello from Best for Babes talking about overcoming booby traps. Hi, Boob Group listeners. I'm Lara Ardello, a certified lactation educator, the retail marketing manager at Best for Babes, and owner of Mama Pear Designs. I'm here to answer some of your most common questions about how you can achieve your personal breastfeeding goals without being undermined by cultural and institutional booby traps, such as, why should the newborn bath wait? Babies can make a pretty messy entrance into the world, but some gentle toweling off, ideally on the mom's chest, can go a long way to removing the goop. What the evidence strongly suggests, however, is that dealing with it by whisking a baby away to its first bath is dangerous in several ways. It negatively affects baby's body temperature and can be harmful to breastfeeding too. Why? Because a baby's instinct is to crawl to the breast, and she or he is driven by the sense of smell and the impact of birthing practices on breastfeeding, Linda Smith explains. The senses of smell and touch are especially powerful triggers of infant and maternal behavior. The newborn's sense of smell is especially acute in the first hours, triggering breast-seeking behaviors and movements. Washing or bathing the mother or baby removes olfactory cues that support breastfeeding and attachment, and thus should be avoided. We can see this behavior in the breast call. The instant Instinctual movements of the newborn toward the breast in the first hour or so after birth. And research has shown a marked difference in breast crawl behaviors between babies who were bathed and babies who weren't. The sense of smell, and particularly the smell of amniotic fluid on the baby and a similar smell at the mother's breast, appears to be one factor unlocking the sequence of this instinctive behavior. This is also borne out by the fact that when a baby's hands are washed, she or he is less likely to do the instinctual hand-to-mouth movements typically seen in the first hour after birth. For these reasons, the California Department of Public Health, to name one of many health authorities, recommends in its model hospital toolkit, babies are usually most ready to breastfeed during the first hour after birth. And for the normal newborn, this should occur prior to such interventions, such as the newborn bath, glucose sticks, footprinting, and eye treatments. During the first day of life, Skin-to-skin time and breastfeeding should take priority over every other routine event, such as infant bathing, pictures, and visitors. But not all moms feel that they have this option. Unfortunately, some moms are still pressured to have their babies bathed early on. If you're concerned that your baby might be bathed in the first hour or that it might interrupt your skin-to-skin experience on your first day, you can specify your wishes in your birth plan and discuss this with your providers. 
A special thank you to Tanya Lieberman, IBCLC, for writing the Booby Trap series for Best for Babes. Visit www.bestforbabes.org for more great information about how to meet your personal breastfeeding goals. And my website, www.mamaparedesigns.com for breastfeeding supportive wearables. And be sure to listen to the Boob Group for fantastic conversations about breastfeeding and breastfeeding support. Thank you to all of our listeners. I hope you'll visit our website, theboobgroup.com, and our Facebook page to offer your advice about breastfeeding and baby wearing. If you have any questions about today's show or the topics we discussed, call our Boob Group hotline at 619-866-4775, and we'll answer your question on an upcoming episode. If you have a breastfeeding topic you'd like to suggest, we would love to hear it. So simply visit our website at theboobgroup.com and send us an email through the contact link. Thanks for listening to The Boob Group, because mothers know breast. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of new mommy media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care. And should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.